Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, February 12th, 2016. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Dorchester, Massachusetts. Beantown Athletics, the only union screen printer in Boston. Go to BeantownAthletics.com right now. That's BeantownAthletics.com or give them a call at 617-282-4181. That's 617-282-4181. Beantown Athletics is also home of the best skate shopping in New England. So grab your skates, swing by the shop on Granite Ave in Dorchester. There is plenty of parking out back and make sure you tell them I sent you. So we have no football this weekend for the first time in a long time, which means Picks Picks will be a different, little different format. I'm going to go NBA on you today. I know I told you on yesterday's show I still had to decide what Picks Picks was going to be about uh, on today's podcast, and I've decided. It is NBA All-Star Weekend, and I've decided that I will give you a couple picks that have to do with NBA All-Star Weekend. You got the Skills Challenge. You got the three-point competition. You got the dunk contest, which I don't know if anybody cares about that anymore. And you got the game and the MVP of the All-Star Game in the NBA. So it's NBA All-Star Weekend, and we are less than a week away now from the NBA trade deadline. I did a lot of trade deadline stuff on yesterday's podcast, so make sure you go back and listen to that. Al Horford was the topic of discussion. I got into some Kevin Durant stuff as to how Al Horford and what happens to him. How is how is that linked to Kevin Durant? I talked about that yesterday, especially with regards to the Boston Celtics because not only in Boston are we focused on what the Celtics could do at the trade deadline, but around the NBA and nationally, anytime you turn on ESPN and they're talking about trades in the NBA before next Thursday's trade deadline, they're looking at what the Celtics could do. So um, we'll keep an eye on that. There is some news out of the Al Horford stuff today because it's being reported that the Atlanta Hawks are asking for a ridiculous return for, for Horford. Right, The Atlanta Hawks are asking for just too much, and I kind of thought that's what was going to happen. I kind of thought that if you're the Atlanta Hawks, I don't understand really why you're going to make any type of move to sell pieces, even though you might have guys who are impending free agents. Look, in the land of the NBA, you can trade guys who are going to be free agents after the season while they're free agents in any type of sign and trade, and in fact, that could benefit the player because he could make more money that way. Uh, when, when with a sign and trade, rather than just going out and signing with another team. So you, it, when you have that rule in effect and you can do that, I don't know that it's necessarily, um, you know, like I don't think the Atlanta Hawks have to. Like it's not, you don't have to trade Al Horford right now, especially if you're a top team in the Eastern Conference and you think you might be able to add a piece and make a run at a championship. That's where I've been confused with what the Atlanta Hawks are talking about doing. But the reports today, where yesterday I talked a lot about Al Horford, today the reports are that they are asking for a ridiculous return in any type of Al Horford trade between now and next Thursday. Could they come down with their asking price at all? Maybe. I mean, they always could. Will they? I'm not so sure. So we'll keep an eye on that. Dwight Howard rumors once again continue to heat up. I I told you I do not want Dwight Howard anywhere near the Celtics. 
I don't know why anybody really would if you've paid attention to this guy's career, and he's not necessarily lighting it up this year either. And he's also someone who can opt out at the end of the season. You might look at that and say, well, that means it's an expiring contract and that could be a good thing. There's also the option that he he stays with you for one year at 23 mil because that's the option that he has, become a free agent or make 23 million next season. You do not want to be paying Dwight Howard $23 million next season. That's actually why the Houston Rockets are trying to trade him. That that should say all you need to know about Dwight Howard is that they are trying to move him. I hope he does not come anywhere near this city of Boston and the Celtics organization. So those are the guys that people are talking about right now. I'm sure there will be some other names in the next week or so, and we have plenty of time to get into that. Uh, And again, I told you, Picks Picks today will be an NBA edition of Picks Picks with NBA All-Star Weekend this weekend uh, but there is some there is some breaking news as of the time I'm recording this podcast on this Friday afternoon. And that has to do with the National Football League. And now a guy that we know is going to be available in free agency. It is running back Matt Forte because right before I jumped on here, there is the report that the Chicago Bears and Matt Forte are going to part ways. I think we kind of knew this was going to happen anyways, right? The, the Bears are not going to resign him. They've, they've informed Matt Forte that they're not going to uh, bring him back. And Matt Forte is going to be made available now to anybody who wants him. As far as I know, Forte, 30 years old, he turns 31 in December. So he just turned 30 on December 10th. He has spent, what, eight seasons, I think? With the Bears, around there, last year played in 13 games, 898 yards on the ground. He had four touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns. And uh, you talk about receiving last year, 389 yards receiving, three receiving touchdowns. Um, you know, you go back to 2000, from 2010 to 2014, he's a 1,000-yard, really, no, I mean, you really look at mostly his entire career. He's a 1,000-yard back. And, and I know people here in New England, you see a guy like this available, he's a big name, and uh, again, being a 1,000-yard running back, you say, well, if you can go get him, go get him. I, I, I don't know that I'm out there begging for Matt, Forte to become a Patriot. I've seen some people already do it on Twitter. I, I I just, I know what the running back position entails. And when you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, I don't think that you should be out there just begging to bring in a running back who's a 1,000-yard rusher. I don't, I, I don't think you need that guy. I'd rather have the shifty guy who can catch passes out of the backfield like a Deion Lewis, who you already have, and I know he suffered a serious injury last year. But reports were, what, a month or two ago that he's going to be ready for training camp. Deion Lewis, as crazy as that may sound. Uh, Now, he's already had a couple bad leg injuries. So you're going to have to keep an eye on it. And and you ask the question, can he come back? And not only can he come back, can he return to play at the level he was playing at before he went down? Well, I can tell you this. There was nobody going into last season that told me Deion Lewis was going to be the guy that Deion Lewis was before he went down in that Redskins game. Right? Nobody was telling me that. 
And that just seems to be what the Patriots do at the running back position, is that they bring in guys who nobody has high expectations of. And also, the way I always feel about the Patriots offense, if they want to throw the football all game, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. If you want to throw, 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 be my guest. Look, if you want to bring in Matt Forte on a smaller contract, like if he's not out there looking to break the bank and you can bring him in, then bring him in. That's fine. I don't think he's going to hurt you. But I don't think I'm going to be out there being one of the highest bidders for him. Like, I don't need Matt Forte and the Patriots for me to know that the Patriots are going to be in the AFC Championship next year and have a shot to get back to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl that they did not get to this year, that they were at and won last year, Super Bowl 51 in Houston. Do the Patriots need Matt Forte to get there? The answer is no. If you say yes, I just don't think you've been paying attention. The biggest issue on the Patriots' offense is their offensive line. And the more exciting news of the offseason, like if this, let's say the Patriots do get Matt Forte, okay? And, and that's their big move, and it's one of their only major moves, and they go into next season. And you ask me, what are you most excited about? What moves the Patriots made this past offseason? Which one of those moves are you most excited about as a Patriots fan? You know what I tell you? I tell you the move I'm most excited about would be Dante Skarniecki coming back as the Patriots' offensive line coach. That's the move I'd be most excited about, not Matt Forte. You know, he'd be a good piece. I don't. You can't spend too much on him. I wouldn't be out there breaking the bank. I wouldn't be out there being becoming the highest bidder for Matt Forte. I just say you don't need to do that. If you think the Patriots need to do that, you just haven't been paying attention. So if you can get him, and you, let's say he wants to be a Patriot. And he takes some type of discount, and you know he won't go to the highest bidder. And he says, "I want to play with Tom Brady. I like that team. I like my chances of winning a championship." All right, yeah, take him. Be my guest. Have Matt Forte as your running back. Be my guest. But I don't need him. <laughs> you know what I mean, like I don't see this news. I see some people on Twitter being like, "Oh, gotta go get Matt Forte." No. I, I don't need Matt Forte. I don't think the Patriots need Matt Forte. If Matt Forte is a Patriot, then he is not going out and going after the money, and he is going to be someone who is just going to a team where he feels gives him the best chance to win. And if if that's his mindset, going to a team that gives him his best chance to win, undoubtedly the Patriots should be one of his top choices. I don't know if that's going to be his mindset. I have no idea. So I still think it's we're in the very early stages of the Matt Forte free agent talk. But I'm not out there begging for him to come to the Patriots. If he wants to come, he, he wants to take a discount, doesn't want to go to the highest bidder, jump on board. But the Patriots don't need Matt Forte to win next year. They don't. So uh, I guess it's one plus. We get worked up about these big-name offensive players, and people always say, well, when... Are they going to give Tom Brady this? When are they going to give Tom Brady that? They go through this. They don't give Brady the weapons. Come on. What's it really been about? It's about the offensive line. The minute you start protecting Tom Brady and giving him time in the pocket, all of a sudden, all these weapons open up for him, and everybody's talking about the weapons that he has. We did this last year in that Cincinnati game. From that Kansas City game to the Cincinnati game, 
You would have thought the Patriots went out and acquired four top wide receivers. They didn't. You know what happened? You know why the conversation changed? It's because the offensive line started blocking. The offensive line started playing like they had actually played football before. Yeah, you get Dante Skarnickia back in the mix. I think that's a great thing. It's a... Uh, it's something that I'm much more excited about than any idea of bringing Matt Forte to the Patriots. I'm not trying to knock Matt Forte. I'm not saying I wouldn't take him. Just saying I don't. I, I, I'm. I don't think I sit here and 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 beg for his services. And I'm not going to do that. And I don't think the Patriots will either. I really don't. So that's some NFL news. That's the name that's out there in the market. We'll see what happens uh, with that. And uh, you know the the moves though that that will be made in professional sports in the next week and next couple weeks, NBA and NHL with the NBA trade deadline coming up next week and the NHL trade deadline later this month, February 29th. There there are other moves and other sports that we will talk about and react to. And I did a lot of NBA stuff yesterday. I just mentioned a couple NBA things at the beginning of this show. And the NHL, a couple days ago, I talked about the Bruins need to move to Dan Chara and... Actually, my column in the Boston Metro on the Bruins, you know, if they're going to, I think they should seriously consider trading their captain right now. It's in today's paper. Last night, the Bruins won in Winnipeg. And, and the good thing for the Bruins now is they got, a, they got a nice little road trip. And I say nice little road trip because the Bruins are a much better team this year on the road than they are at home. They're horrible at home. And they're going to, what do they get, five, six games in a row on the road? So they got a little road trip going here. They win last night in Winnipeg. Patrice Bergeron, two goals, and he dropped the mitts, and he fought Blake Wheeler. Look, I don't usually like to see someone like Bergeron dropping the mitts, okay? Uh, but a couple things here. One, it's not really a fight that, that, you know, you're not scared of Blake Wheeler breaking Patrice Bergeron's jaw. Though, I will say this, I'm pro- I think if you had me judge that fight, there wasn't enough real time in the fight for me to give an actual judgment, but if you made me judge based on what we saw and based on how short the fight was, Bergeron, Blake Wheeler, two former teammates, I think that Wheeler got the best of them. I think you can give Wheeler the, the win on that. It, 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 was, it wasn't a great fight. It was exciting, and, and I, I'm not going to get too worked up, but I've seen some people question it from a Bruins standpoint, from a Bergeron standpoint, saying, Bergeron, what are you doing dropping the gloves? If you get hurt, if you break your hand, this season's definitely over. I'm I'm not going there. I guess I look at the way they've been playing, and I look at that Kings game where they lost 9-2 to and got embarrassed at home, and Bergeron is, you know, he's wearing, he's wearing an A, but, you know, it's another reason, if you trade Chara... Bergeron's wearing the C. Bergeron is, I know he's an alternate captain, assistant captain. He's an unofficial captain. I mean, you might as, you could call Bergeron the captain of this Bruins team. And last night, they, they go to Winnipeg. They, they're coming off a game in which they were embarrassed by the Kings 9-2. Marshan was in, getting involved with Wheeler earlier in the game. And Bergeron... You know, he took a he took a two-hand from Wheeler, and he didn't like it, and, and he decided to drop the mitts. I think there's a time and a place for everything. Usually, I'd get worked up about this, but I think the time and the place was right for it. I do. 
It wasn't a guy. Bergeron wasn't fighting a guy who was this big, tough guy. And, and two, you know, the way the team had been reacting to some things uh, and we had questioned it, 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 when Bergeron drops the mitts, that that opens everybody's eyes on that team, in that organization. And and if you're a guy on that Bruins team and Bergeron's dropping the gloves, I don't know that you're saying, oh no, Bergie, don't drop the gloves, don't break your hand. I think in that moment, at that point in time, the way this season's been going, I think that fires everybody up. I do. I really do. I think, I think that fight last night, I, I liked it. I like to see, and and I I don't usually say that about guys who shouldn't fight, and, and and when the team's in a situation where you need them to start winning hockey games and you need certain guys to stay healthy, I I usually don't feel this way about a fight, but I just think there's a time and a place for everything, and there was a time and a place last night for that fight. Now, you you got to know where I was watching this game, by the way, this Bruins game last night. Uh I was at Fenway. And if you listen to yesterday's podcast, you know I, I told you what I was doing. I was at Fenway last night for the snowboarding competition. Yeah, that's right. They got snowboarding at Fenway. You got to go look at some pictures. It's crazy. And we were sitting behind on plate uh, in the EMC, and we had TVs. I was in the front row. I had a TV in front of me. So I put on the Bruins game. Now, I was absolutely fucking freezing my balls off at this thing, okay? But you got to... You got to toss a couple cold ones down, get some food in you. Uh, I was dressed, you know, I was bundled up. I was dressed for the occasion, but it still was freezing. And and we actually, here in Boston, in the Northeast, uh, we're getting some really cold weather here the last couple days, and it's only getting colder this weekend. They're saying life-threatening wind chill. Life-threatening wind chill. Now, I don't know what it's, see, because they do this to us all the time, and you know how I feel about weather reports. Like when they say, well, it's going to be it's going to be 20 degrees outside, but it's going to feel like negative 5. You know, I I don't know what that means. Is it is it negative 5? Or is it not negative 5? Because if you say it feels like negative 5, I would think that it's negative 5. It's not just some guy going outside one day going, you know, I know my my thermometer says says 20 degrees. But the last time I was outside when it was minus 5, it feels like this. This is what it feels like. If it's 20 degrees, that's what it says. But you know what? It feels like minus 5 right now. I, I So I don't get the whole it feels like. Is it minus 5 or is it 20? Like, what is it? Pick one. If you want to come up with a number in the middle, go ahead. Be, you know, do that instead. So this weekend, they're going to give us all the wind chill. It feels like this. It feels like that. Does it feel like it or is it? Tell me. But they're saying uh, life-threatening wind chill. I, does that mean I can't go outside? I, you know what I mean? I have no idea. If it's life-threatening wind chill, do I have to stay in? Because I'm not. I have to go to work. I have to leave the house, get in the car, and drive uh, to WEI all weekend. I'm on WEI. Uh, sports radio here in Boston, 93.7, Saturday and Sunday, tomorrow and Sunday. I got TV tonight, Comcast Sportsnet. Make sure you check that out. I think 10.30 maybe, maybe I think. Uh, so make sure you, you tune into that. And I think I'm even, Monday is the holiday, right? Monday, President's Day? I, I think I'm 
I'm pretty sure I'm on the radio Monday. I'm not sure what time yet. So I, I think we're up in the air as to what I'm going to do on this podcast on Monday because I do have to fill in. Uh, the regulars get some vacation time around this time, and there's a holiday Monday. So I'm going to be filling in, I think, on Monday. I'm just not sure what show I'm filling in for yet. I'm waiting to hear. But I got to get outside the next couple days. They're telling me life-threatening wind chill. So I'm kind of confused by that because they they don't actually follow up the life-threatening part with you must stay in your house, right? They're not telling you that. They're just saying don't go outside if, if you don't have to. Well, I have to. I have to go to work. So why do you have to go and tell me it's life-threatening wind chill? Why do you even mention that part of it? Because if you say life-threatening wind chill, you would think that the next part of that sentence would be, you must stay indoors. But they don't say that. So, uh, that's what we got going this weekend. just, Just to give you a vibe as to how cold it's been, and it was last night at Fenway as I was outdoors taking in competitive snowboarding, and I have no idea what's going on. I don't know who anybody is in the event. I don't even think it was on TV. I think it might be on TV tonight. Maybe. I don't even know. I know that it was different, and I wanted to go, and we had tickets, so we went, and I was outside, and I had the luxury in my seat to have a little TV in front of me, and I get to change the channel, so I put the Bruins game on. Put the Bruins game. Funny moment, though, because as as I'm watching the Bruins game, and a Bruins win, by the way, in Winnipeg by the score of 6-2. As I'm watching this game, the Bergeron-Wheeler fight, I'm, it, it takes place, and I'm somewhat shocked. Now, I had seen the and wheeler scrum in the neutral zone earlier in the game, which it happened because Wheeler took a two-handed hack at Bergeron's stick. And then push Bergeron. A Moshan came over and grabbed Wheeler. A former teammate, by the way. Blake Wheeler, former Bruin. I don't know how they feel about him. It, it didn't look like any of them liked each other last night. But that happened. And when Bergeron drops the gloves of Blake Wheeler, we, was, we started to go, go nuts. Like, holy shit, Bergeron's dropping the gloves. Bergeron's fighting Blake Wheeler, former teammates. Here we go. I was fired up about that. And I liked it. At the time, and even in hindsight, I still like it. I, I still enjoyed what Bergeron was doing. I'm not going to always enjoy that, but I just think there's a time and a place, and in the time and a place, I'm telling you right now, the Bruins got fired up by that. They did. And um, I'm, I'm, we're going nuts over the Bergeron fight. And at, during the time of the Bergeron fight, I look down, and like people are looking at us. And their TV's in front of them. They have the snowboarding event, and they have... I guess the scores for one of the girls that just came down the hill, she, her scores came out. And so they're cheering for the girls' scores while we're going nuts over the Bergeron Wheeler fight. And they had no idea that we're watching a hockey game. They think we're going nuts over the girls' scores. And they're looking at us like, hey, don't you guys, don't you think that's a little over the top for the, uh, for the 360 twist she just did that got her a score of eight. Like, all right, we're excited. We're clapping. But I think you guys are going a little overboard, don't you think? Like, that was the, that was the look that people were giving us last night as we were rooting for the Bergeron-Wheeler fight. And uh, that's what we were going nuts about, not the girls' score. I could 
I don't give a fuck what, what type of score the girl got. I didn't. I really didn't care about the event. In fact, we went inside to the EMC suites after, and I, I asked that it was freezing. So we were, but I would say we were outside for a good hour, maybe a little longer. Couple beers, some food, a couple videos on the phone. I, I posted something on my Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter. Follow me, at Danny Picard. Uh, I think we stayed out there for an hour, a little bit over an hour. And it just gets to a point where it's, all right, it's too cold. Like, I can't do this anymore. I, because I, not only do, can I not do this anymore, I don't even know what I'm watching. And in fact, you know, there are breaks in between. Like, they'll have six people go, and then there's a 10-minute break with nothing's going on. And it's like, all right, I'm just outside at Fenway drinking in February? Eh, it's cool. But I don't need to see more than an hour of it. So we went inside. The Bruins game was on. But yet they couldn't put them on the TVs. I asked him, like, hey, can I get the Bruins game on, on TV in here? He's like, oh, no, we got to watch this. We, the, the people inside need to watch this. And I'm, I'm kind of going, well, wait, these people that were all inside, like, they were cheering for people by name. Like, there was a kid who was doing the snowboard, and his name was Charlie. So there was a big group that was like, go, Chuck, go, Chuck. They knew him by a nickname for crying out loud. Yet they're inside watching it on TV. I'm going, go outside. If I knew someone personally doing the thing, I would be outside watching. I was outside watching. I didn't know anybody. I've never watched snowboarding in my life. Maybe Olympics a couple times. I'm not really into it. I told you how I feel about skiing and snowboarding on yesterday's podcast. It's not really my thing. But it is my thing to see something at Fenway that's a little bit different. I enjoy going and and watching that. But I spent enough time outside. You would think if somebody goes that actually has a horse in the race, or so to speak, they have... You know, they know someone in the event that they would go outside for it. You're going to stay. You're going to go all the way to Fenway in the EMC club. And you're going to stay indoors and watch it on TV and root and, and root for them through the glass. That, that's crazy to me. So we couldn't even watch the Bruins game inside. Uh, we had to watch it on a little TV outside. But, but we watched it and I saw the Bruins win this one and I saw the Bergeron fight. And like I told you a few minutes ago, I, I actually liked it. You'll get some people that will complain. I think these are people that are looking to complain about things. These are people that are looking to fire you up by saying they didn't like it. Uh, I was fine with it. I really was. So that's what was going on at Fenway last night. I, it was pretty cool. It was cool to see. Again, I just... It's only so much you can watch. Tonight, I guess they're skiing. I don't know how that's going to go. But there's a very short window for them to stop at the bottom. Like, there's not a lot of space. When they get down the hill, there were a couple people that crashed into the rubber wall or the inflatable wall. Uh, But there's not a lot of room, wiggle room for them to stop when they come down full speed on that hill. And actually, it's almost a couple people fell. It was almost better to fall because you wouldn't slide as much as you would if you stayed on your board at full speed coming down into the bottom of the of the, the pit. Is that what we call it? I don't even know the free. I don't even know how you word the fucking sport. But I watched it last night. It was pretty cool. I don't know if you get a chance to go tonight. I, I, there were plenty of seats in, in Fenway last night. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can find a way to get in. I would. I mean, Friday night, you got nothing to do. It's cold, but... I would say go for an hour. Have a couple drinks. Go for an hour. 
if you want to leave after that, leave. Go across the street. Go to the bar. There's plenty of bars around the area. They were buzzing last night, so I'm sure they'll be buzzing again tonight for the event. I will not be there because I'll be on TV. So when you are out tonight and you do end up going to a bar, make sure you tell your bartender around 10, 1030 tonight. Tell your bartender to put your TVs on Comcast Sportsnet New England. Because you don't have a Celtics game. It's NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, we're not on at, So I'm not on late. I'm not on at like 11, 11.30. Like sometimes you get pushed back because of the Celtics. I think it's 10.30, maybe even a little earlier than that. So tell your bartenders tonight if you are out to put on Comcast Sportsnet New England. So uh, that's what we got going on this weekend. And next week, I'm sure a lot of the trade stuff will heat up in the NBA and we'll, we'll get a better vibe as to maybe what the Celtics are going to do and what type of moves they could make. But in the meantime, we'll just sit back and wait and take it all in. And make sure you join me on WEI Saturday. I believe I'm on 3 to 5.30 tomorrow, Saturday. Sunday, I'm on 1 to 4. And again, I don't know what time I'm on Monday. But tonight, I'm, I'm on TV. So check that out. No football this weekend. But I will have picks, picks, and I will do it right now. And it's an NBA edition of Picks, Picks. So why don't we start it up? Hit the music. Oh, the All-Star Weekend. It is in Toronto. It begins with the skills challenge. At least I have four things in front of me that you could possibly bet on for this NBA All-Star Weekend. One is the skills challenge. So let's begin with that. You got... Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight players in this skills challenge. Isaiah Thomas, CJ McCollum, Draymond Green, Jordan Clarkson, Demarcus Cousins, Emmanuel Moutier, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns. Those are the players in the NBA Skills Challenge. And you're asking me to pick a winner? Well, the favorite in this event to win it is Isaiah Thomas. You know, I was thinking of Demarcus Cousins, who is plus 1,000. Isaiah Thomas, the favorite at plus 200. I was thinking of going for Cousins in this only because, yeah, all right, he's a big, but he's an athletic big. He He can pass. Uh, he has a good handle on the basketball. And I just thought that maybe if you're going to take a shot in the dock, if you're going to take an underdog here, DeMarcus Cousins wouldn't be the worst underdog because of the handle I feel like he has on the basketball and the skills that he does have in his toolbox. But Isaiah Thomas, I do think Isaiah. I- Isaiah is that guy who I think would thri- is going to thrive in this event. And he's the favorite. There's a reason why. And I, I hope this isn't my hometown colors showing, but I'm going to take Isaiah Thomas plus 200 to win the NBA Skills Challenge at the All-Star Weekend this weekend. Then you got the three-point contest. Steph Curry, J.J. Redick, Clay Thompson, Devin Booker, Kyle Lowry, James Harden, Chris Middleton, Chris Bosh. Those are the guys in the three-point contest. The favorite is Steph Curry, even. Then you got J.J. Redick. It's in the order that I gave you. You know, I'm looking at Chris Boss this weekend, former Toronto Raptor, right? 
and, and I'm thinking maybe, you know, this is someone who, who's, he, he averaged 20 points a game, right? Chris Bosh this season, 20 points a game. And I'm looking at him thinking, this could be a big weekend. You know, you want storylines for players. You ever, people want the, the Toronto with uh, DeRozan and Lowry. And, and I can understand that. But the Chris Bosh thing is an interesting storyline if you want to be Toronto-related. And, and Bosh averages 19 points a game this season. You know he can shoot the three. He comes back to Toronto. He's in the three-point competition, and he's it's plus four thousand. You know, I, I was thinking about thinking about taking him in this one, but I can't. I just can't bet against Steph Curry. I can't. Maybe Klay Thompson will have a shot. I'm gonna stick with Steph Curry. Uh, that, I'm gonna go. So I'm going with the two favorites in the three-point contest. I know you say you're not really going out on a limb, but but that's. That's where I'm going with it. Steph Curry to win the three-point contest. Isaiah Thomas to win the skills challenge. Then you got the dunk contest. Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, and Andre Drummond. Uh, Drummond, I'm surprised Drummond's in this. And he's at plus 1,000. Uh, Zach Levine at minus 300. Uh, you know, that would he's the favorite, obviously, to win it. And, and uh, yeah, I'm going to take the favorite to win it. I'm going to take Zach Levine. I'm surprised Drummond is in this. He's a big dude. I I mean, is he going to have some crazy type of athletic dunk? I don't know. A uh, seven-footer, right? Uh, Drummond, I don't think he's going to win this. Levine is an athletic kid. You saw what he's done before. I, I'm going to go with Levine. Minus 300. I know he's the favorite, and it's another favorite I'm taking, and I'm going to go with him. And then you got the all-star MVP. Who's going to win this? The favorite is Kobe Bryant at plus 300. Then it's Steph Curry, LeBron James, Westbrook Durant, on and on and on. You got to keep an eye on the Toronto Raptors, DeRozan, DeMar DeRozan, and Kyle Lowry. They're both plus 1,500 to win the MVP in this thing. Um, I look at the coaches as well, right? And, and it, it really... It should be David Blatt, but it's not because he got fired, so it's going to be Tyron Lue. And in the Western Conference, it should be Steve Kerr, but it's not because you can't coach back-to-back All-Star games, right? So they're going to go with Greg Popovich, the Western Conference, the second-best record in the conference. So Tyron Lue versus Greg Popovich. Are these coaches, who's going to have more awareness of the situation? I do think that Popovich is going to have awareness of the whole fact that this is going to be the Kobe Bryant show all weekend. Uh, and, and and Kobe Bryant is probably not going to get much time off the court, I would not think. Uh, but then you also, I, I got to go down. I got to I gotta see what Chris Bosh, I got to see what Bosh, what's going on with Chris Bosh, plus 5,000 MVP. Who am I going to go with? At the end of the day, I think you got to take a starter. And I think you got to take someone whose coach is going to have awareness of the special moment to keep him out in the court. And guess what? I'm going to go with Kobe Bryant for All-Star Game MVP. I'm going to take the favorites on all four categories to win the NBA All-Star Weekend. I know you're saying that's not crazy, but I just I feel that's the way it's going to go down. And it really, you can't, look, it's it's a crapshoot. This isn't this isn't like picking games and having act, actual strategies. I just gave you my strategies. 
Uh, it's what I've seen in the past, and really the MVP thing, you gotta go with the Stada, I believe. That that gives you your best odds, and you gotta you gotta take a look at the situations, the storylines. I think the Toronto storylines are interesting, not just with DeRozan and Lowry, but also with Chris Bosh having been a former Raptor, and it's in Toronto. I think you gotta take the coach into consideration and to what his mindset could be. I do think this whole weekend is just gonna be Kobe Bryant weekend. I do. I think it's gonna be Kobe Bryant weekend. In fact, I'm surprised that Kobe Bryant is not gonna be in the three-point contest. I, I mean, I thought that he would do a couple things here, his final All-Star game. I guess he just wants to embrace that stuff on the side and street clothes with everybody else, and, um, and he'll partake in the game on Sunday. I will watch the NBA All-Star game. It's not the best one, but it's one that I think when you get into the fourth quarter and it's a very high-scoring affair, I think you look at it and you say, all right, these, I, I, I do think there are certain guys that are trying to win this one. I've seen that before. And it's going to be the West versus the East, and the favorite is the Western Conference, five and a half points. The over-under is 313. 313. I'm going to go with the over, and I am going to go with the West. I'm going to go with the West. I'm going minus five and a half. I think they win it by six, six or seven points. That's what I'm going with. And Kobe Bryant is your MVP. So there are my picks, picks, picks. One game with the spread, the Western Conference, minus five and a half. And I'm taking the over at 313. And I am also in the skills competition, taking Isaiah Thomas. In the dunk contest, I'm taking the favorite, Zach Levine. In the three-point contest, I'm taking the favorite, Steph Curry. And the MVP, as I told you, the favorite there as well, Kobe Bryant. And with the favorite, with the Western Conference, I'm taking all the favorites. All the favorites this weekend at NBA All-Star Weekend. I am here five days a week. You can subscribe to the show at dannypicard.com. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you can get podcasts. Uh, make sure you subscribe right now. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all forms of social media. Once again, tune in all weekend long on WEI TV tonight on WEI Monday. So I most likely am not going to be here recording the podcast on Monday. Uh, so the holiday will take it, and I'll be filling in for the boys at WEI one of those time slots during the holiday. And back here on the podcast next Tuesday, where you know the NBA trade talk is going to heat up. All I got to say is two things for the Celtics as we wrap up this week. One, do not trade the Brooklyn pick for Al Horford. You want to trade for Al Horford? Fine, but don't trade the Brooklyn pick. In fact, if Blake Griffin's name comes up, I've talked about this a couple times too, do not trade the Brooklyn pick for Blake Griffin. You want to trade for Blake Griffin? All right, fine, but don't trade the Brooklyn pick for him either. I think there's only a couple plays you trade the Brooklyn pick for. One is Kevin Durant, and right now at least Kevin Durant isn't going anywhere until after the season. The other, DeMarcus Cousins. That's a guy I would trade the Brooklyn pick for. Other than that, I'm holding on to it. Um, and the other thing would be, do not trade for Dwight Howard under any circumstances. I don't care if it's only going to cost you one player who doesn't even get playing time. I don't care if it's just going to cost you David Lee who doesn't play at all and an expiring contract. Do not bring Dwight Howard and his attitude to this Celtics organization. I want no part of it. And my advice to wrap up the week for the Bruins, 
I think they're going to be trading Louis Erickson. And if that's the case and you are relying heavily on all these draft picks, the time is right now to seriously consider moving your captain, Zidane Chara and putting the C on the jersey of Patrice Bergeron, the guy last night who dropped the mitts when some people don't like it. Time and a place for everything. I loved it. And the time and the place was last night. It happened. It worked. He is fine. And the Bruins win. Bergeron gets two goals. And they're on a road trip, which is good for the Bees because they are a much better team on the road than they are at home. So anything that happens this weekend, I'll react to it. Have a great weekend, everybody. Talk to you on this show next Tuesday.